0: Hello, you're listening to Mi Gente, produced by El Media. This podcast is dedicated to those who undertake things in life. What do they do? How do they do it? And why do they do it? But most importantly, in which context, cultural, social, economic and political, they do the things they do. Before I forget, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Today we're talking to Dara from London. We would have met in person to record this podcast but unfortunately the current situation with the pandemic doesn't allow us to leave the house she started her own accessories brand last year she will talk to us about this new journey her past experiences and her future expectations Hi, Dara. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm fine. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you for joining us today for this new episode. Um, First of all, I would like you to give us a bit of background on yourself. How old are you? Where are you from? Where are you now? And why do you live there?
1: Sure. So I'm 23 years old. I'm from Jordan, but I kind of grew up all around the Middle East. I was raised in Saudi, the Gulf, before moving back to Jordan in like 10th, 8th grade. And after high school, I moved to Florence. That's where I met you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's where I studied for four years. We did the same program, the Business of Fashion, Uh, after graduating I moved to London for like a little less than a year and now I'm back in London but I kind of spend my time between Jordan and London because I like to have the balance I like to have the option of going back and forth and not sticking to one country
0: Mm -hmm. and yeah okay okay um, can you explain, like, what you're working on at the moment? I know you have, like, your own personal project and, like, yeah, in the present right now. And what do you do, like, as your daily work, let's say?
1: Yeah, so as you know, I started, like, an accessories brand. And this, the idea started, I would say, a y- exactly a year ago, around the same time, but I can say that since November of last year is when I started dedicating most of my time to this project. And basically because it's so like young, we call this process like the seeding process. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer an idea. There is a physical product, but it's still in like the research and development phase. Yeah. So I spend, like, a lot of time on the internet. Like, an unhealthy amount of time, maybe. (laughs) I do a lot of market analysis and, like, competitor analysis just to see what other brands are doing. How do I feel about what they're doing? Like, how do I see what they're doing benefiting my product? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, each day is different. It's a really, like it's been a huge learning process because although we went to like a fashion university and we studied like a business program, there are so many things they don't actually teach you when you want to go out and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. So some days are fully created, uh, it's created, dedicated to content creation. And some days are more like admin. Yeah. or bookkeeping based. So it's like, okay I actually have responsibilities now like
0: exactly
1: I need to manage inventory I need to like keep track of all my receipts like
0: how do you how do you find that like the balance between all that's like administrative at the end and then maybe the more like fun things like because at the end I guess you're kind of like many different roles in one person so
1: exactly um Honestly, I feel like it really does depend on the month. Like Mm. in December, I did a pop-up in Jordan, like during Christmas time. And so after that, like, yeah, it was fun. I sold a lot, but then it was like, oh, fuck, what did I sell? Yeah. And (laughs) make a list of all the receipts and then keep track of like, because there's something called like a VAT period and it's quarterly. So it's like, okay, what sales fall under this category? Yeah. And it's just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's so much like organization.
0: What do you use? Like, it could be interesting if you can share, like, if you, if you do, like, do you have like Excel files, calendars, plans. Yeah, basically, or...
1: so I heard a lot about like big accounting programs, like Zero, mm-hmm. QuickBooks, stuff like that. And to be honest, I tried, but I don't think um, my business is that not developed. I don't think it's that complex. Like, what I buy merchandise, kind of like I create an order for a manufacturer, Mm -hmm. and then I wait to sell it. It's not like I have accounts receivable and payable in that sense.
0: And also, like your distribution is like just one way for now it's like, for
1: now yeah so yeah. i r- rely heavily on excel i have like a huge file on google and then i just break it down it's like yeah. inventory invoices nice. money in money out um also using tide mm-hmm. really helps
0: yeah you told me about this because they also give you like kind of templates or things no that you can yeah use.
1: Okay. they're really helpful in like organizing the money that you use so even sometimes I lose track I'm like oh how much did I spend on expenses mm. and then yeah. they put it in a tab for you mm. so it's really good to like evaluate your money
0: and straightforward also
1: yeah and then also you have like my e-commerce is linked to Stripe
0: yeah
1: and Stripe is pretty good also yeah, Stripe at like, is good. Mm. creating analytics like oh mm. this is how much money you made this month yeah, and they do like reports for you so that's also helpful like if one day in the future you get like audited whatever they you can have,
0: like, use that yeah
1: proof you know
0: mm, that's good okay and I wanted to ask you like how did you get to this stage you're today so I was kind of like the journey and yeah how did you come to like this doing this that you do now
1: the journey was pretty random I mean I feel like you and I always talk about doing things on our own not really like wanting to work for people Mm -hmm. and after graduating it was a bit confusing you know like applying for jobs not knowing like what job I would fit in with Um, I remember like receiving my first like invitation to do an interview and that was supposed to be something exciting, but I didn't really care. Like, I was like, oh, fuck, like, I absolutely <laughs> have to, like, make an effort and go. And especially because you and I both feel we've had a lot of experience as being an intern. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit frustrating that those were the only positions available in companies yeah. I liked. Yeah. And then other positions that I didn't really care for were the only ones available.
0: Yeah. It's so
1: I basically settled and I did retail for like, I would say six or seven months in London while I was still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I saw so much product. I was working in a depart, like a big department store and I was in the contemporary men's section. So I got to see like all the luxury brands, all the emerging brands, like what's new, what are people buying? And based on what I saw on a day-to-day basis, I just felt like, why can't I try this? Like, it just seems so doable. And we live in like a time where it's not hard to reach out to manufacturers. like
0: Yeah. That's so true. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. it's, very easy to learn how to use in design although like we learned these things at school it's so easy to like learn all these design programs and I mm-hmm. already know them from school so if I had an idea it was just a matter of like actually trying to get it done
0: yeah and what about because like I know you're really good at writing and you like read a lot of books and stuff and I think one time you mentioned like you kind of had a uh, I don't know if dilemma, dilemma, but, like, maybe, like, fashion or studying... What was it? Not journalism. Oh, yeah, I wanted
1: to be, like, a writer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you still consider, like, maybe not being a writer, but, like, journalism or, like, yeah, I don't know, some kind of, like, written content, like, creating content regarding this? I don't know what it could be, but is it something you're still interested in, you think you could do?
1: Yeah. I mean... I Over the summer, I watched this documentary on Joan Didion. Mm -hmm. It's called The Center Will Not Hold. And her life was really inspiring. She's like a journalist as well. Mm -hmm. And so, like, based on that, I started getting into her books and reading her books. And I really like the way she writes. And sometimes when I read her writing, I feel like, oh, like a part of me still does want to appreciate be.
0: this yeah, yeah. yeah that's good okay and the last question of the first part um why is the apparel industry or fashion uh, a vocation for you like why do you think it's important uh maybe like <laughs> in society in our world and how do you personally like value it
1: i think fashion is important because it really is a reflection of the times like what's going on and it's really powerful for its ability to portray it so like well Mm -hmm. um I also think it connects people in a very rare way I can say that like from studying it for four years and work I've met people and created relationships that I really wouldn't have without it that's true Mm -hmm. um and also it's quite nice to see like I don't like to use the word niche but like you can see that every brand has its niche
0: Yeah.
1: and it's so fun to like make cliches of those people like you can paint the picture of like the Rick Owens person you know like it's I don't know it's really interesting like that you can do that just based on clothes and how clothes create like a very big story outside of I guess a fucking product. <laughs> that's
0: where like branding comes in, no? Like yeah, the whole idea.
1: And okay. yeah,
0: cool. Uh, so before we start the second part, I would like you to share a song you like, whatever it is. Do you know which song you want to share?
1: Yes. So it's called "Practice" by Freddie Gibbs.
0: Okay, let's listen. <clears throat>
2: Now you're gone. I had it all, I it all. This one, that one. Mm-hmm. I thought I had someone. I thought it was a tight, tight situation, but you know, you know, I, was, I was fooling myself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, my nigga. She, for. she about to get off work at the club I used to wait for Fucking up my whole family structure to clear the day for When I was going through problems at home, I should have prayed more yeah, Lord. But I didn't, so I'm tangled in this position Made a commitment to both of these women and never considering both of their feelings I got too deep, so after I beat I should have just dated in front of the beginning Cause I admit that I got to be jealous when she was at Floyd crib stripping And that ain't like me, this ain't the right me, but it ain't her fault my phone with all the tough talk. I went the fuck off. When seeking another relationship, I just needed a duck off. Got a cool bitch in the boonies, that pussy, I knocked the dust off. When all the trust lost, sometimes the love is soon to follow. Wife, you put me out the crib and tell me to come back home tomorrow when I get caught the fuck up. She hit me with the ultimatum you need to come home with your daughter. None more important than your baby drugs got me crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: from the beginning so you design the bags how does that work and would you say you're like a designer would you consider yourself a designer
1: uh i don't think i would consider myself a designer no um like i said earlier it's really easy these days to learn how to make something so it was just a matter of like executing that Mm -hmm. um i like to think of myself as like a content creator even though it's a product but it's like more about yeah the whole thing for me not just designing that's true um but so how does the process work i do a lot of like digging like i said online like i check Vestiaire collective like i dig 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 through their like yeah. archive of vintage bags um I look at designer archives, Instagram archives. There's a lot of cool ones today,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I just try to like imagine how can this like really ugly bag of vestier look like cool again today. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically like choose my silhouettes, like how I feel, like what's going to be the most relevant, and then I like fine tune a sketch, blah blah blah. Um, and then I start thinking about proportions which is like more technical because like it's fun to sketch a bag but then (laughs) you have to think like oh but how long does this strap have to be so I take out a lot of my bags as well and I look at them and I'm like oh I like this about this one but maybe if it was two centimeters longer the strap so that part is a lot of detail and I would say it's a bit time-consuming
0: and it's like maths, no, in a way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: like because
1: sometimes yeah. you think of something, but then if you don't know proportions, yeah, it turns out really bad. Yeah. Um, so basically after doing that, like getting the ske- sketches and measurements done, I send them to my collaborate- collaborator in Italy. Mm-hmm. And if she has issues or she thinks like the dimensions aren't right, we sit and we talk and then we discussed like pricing because as a small brand obviously like every penny counts yeah so i also when i design i try to think of like the most cost effective way to design like if of course. things are unnecessary they're unnecessary and if they're gonna cost me money like they don't have to be there mm-hmm. do um,
0: you think about functionality a lot what?
1: yeah I think it's really important especially nowadays I don't think like <laughs> romance isn't really necessary anymore. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah um, but actually when I look at your bags like that's kind of the feel I get like aesthetic because they look good but it's very like I don't know like functional let's say you know? yeah I you just wear like, it every for day for me
1: it was really about like why do people need to have some so many things for so many different like occasions it's like okay i have a bag it's so nice like i can do this this and this with it like
0: that's what i love yeah you can go out at night you can go to work exactly
1: that's what i wanted yeah and then i mean before i used to be able to go to italy
0: (laughs) yeah
1: because Um, just
0: just to let them For the people that are listening, uh, we are going through the coronavirus crisis here <laughs> I mean in the whole world when we are recording this. So, yeah, the situation yeah. is a bit locked.
1: So, I mean, being based in Jordan already kind of put me into a situation where I'm used to speaking to production through emails and stuff. But it's all, always much faster. If you go. If we're face to face, because whatever feedback she has we can talk about it in a matter of minutes whereas this can take days but i mean i don't know maybe that's something we have to get used to now
0: yeah i hope for not too long but how did you like when you were looking for the manufacturers like what made you choose this person, or I mean, this uh, factory, like, how did that work, like, for you, like, do you think also you made the right choice, all of that?
1: So, this process was actually quite hard, I mean, it's really tricky, I was living in London, still working at the time, so, Mm -hmm. I would do this, like, on my days off, or, like, on the weekend, um, and it's really hard to do things on the internet because you don't know, maybe you're getting scammed by like yeah. a dodgy website. So I tried for like reaching out to old professors, but they were giving me quite um, like high-end production. Yeah. I guess they thought I wanted to be like the next Gucci. <laughs> but um, it was really shocking. I mean, I saw the prices that the factories were asking for based like on the referrals and something that was really off-putting was oh this factory doesn't like working with startups because you're a bit unreliable yeah
0: <laughs> um
1: so they up the order minimums yeah and it's it was just a bit frustrating like what am i supposed to do with this order minimum make a house out of bags like <laughs> it just didn't make sense
0: yeah
1: and so then people were like, oh, why don't you try Turkey? Why don't you try Portugal? Yeah. And so I did look into those options. But um, again, I was like, why don't I try one more time? So I asked the friend who referred me to this woman. And
0: okay.
1: what I really liked about her is she's very fair. She's very honest that's good about what she can or can't do she was really open to the idea of working with me she was very flexible and i know she treats her like employees fairly Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people nowadays like they do they outsource their production to different countries but i don't think they do it for the right reasons yeah like people are now like oh but Eastern Europe is, like, on the rise. Like, so many things are being produced there. And it's like, yeah. if you're based there, then fine. Like, if I am from Ukraine and I would like to produce in Ukraine, I think it makes sense. But just to outsource, to take advantage of, like, low wages, yeah, just, it seems a bit weird to me.
0: Especially when you're going to sell your things for I don't know how much.
1: Exactly. To so people I that totally
0: already have won. money.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it just felt like a big scam. Yeah. And so yeah, working with this woman has been really easy. She works with really low order minimums. So How
0: many employees does she have? Like how many people work there?
1: Not many. I think around 10 and then oh, she, nice. she um, can outsource some work with other like local factories. So she has a good network that if she needs them, they're there.
0: Good. And she's based in Bologna, in Italy, right?
1: A little bit outside. Yeah, I mean. Yeah.
0: Around the city. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change you a bit the subject, but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you this. Um, do you think the fashion system, as we know it today, is outdated?
1: Definitely. I mean, <laughs> especially like with what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because I follow a lot of, um, wholesale agents on Instagram and they're all kind of like freaking out about (laughs) the future. And especially since a couple of days ago, they also canceled uh, men's fashion week. Yeah. So I feel like people don't really know like, so what's next. Yeah. So I just think maybe people need to rethink the whole buying schedule, like, yeah. But I, I don't feel know. like
0: people are gonna go out of business in this industry. What we're talking about right now, I, I, I really, in a sad way, like I'm not saying this like as a funny thing, but like I think they will go out of business because it doesn't even make sense, you know? How do you after you know? It's like continue?
1: I, like in the past, brands used to create an offer, and people would accept it, but it's like today,
0: yeah,
1: it has totally flipped to the point where it's like we are so vulnerable to, like, what the consumer wants. Like, we're so dependent on that.
0: But I guess that goes with analyzing your data better, like, studying more. It's less like you dictate whatever, you know? It's like... And also accepting that you can't sell to everybody, maybe, like, you know? Yeah,
1: but -hmm. this, I think, like, the industry became a bit too greedy.
0: Yeah.
1: And I mean not everyone has to wear the same brand not everyone yeah uh, i just think like there's a lot of things that can be done differently
0: yeah for sure but the structure of it and the yeah the, the whole system definitely i mean even before this crisis for a long time yeah. throughout our whole studies like in business classes or whatever yeah. they're always talking about this
1: but it's like oh supreme was popular so now some brands started to create drops, and it's like just because it worked for someone it doesn't mean yeah. it's going to work for you like
0: yeah that's so they're true. just
1: lost
0: and it's a bit overloaded maybe as well
1: yeah
0: um so basically you need to i think the only thing is like what what's the purpose you're fulfilling more than just like being cool i think that's really the question they need to yeah. themselves like brands in general okay Um. so nowadays what brand do you think is like most relevant in terms of like product and communication let's say what's your favorite but not in terms of like personal taste you know more like that you follow and you think is interesting the way they're doing things
1: yeah um have you heard of the French brand Coperni, Coperni?
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: So the two creative directors that they used to work at Courage, um, like they dedicated their time to this now. I think they're really good at digital. I thought it was really cool how last like spring, summer, they presented a short film at the Apple store in Paris. Yeah. Instead of a fashion show. Like, I think it's things like that that are a good example for what needs to happen. Because if you think about how much money, time, resources are wasted on fashion shows. Yeah. Like, what they did was very impressive.
0: Mm, yeah, I also thought that was really cool. But also their products, I think, make sense. And their digital yeah. presence, everything. Um, I can't remember right now how expensive it is.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. clothing-wise... It's up there with, like, the contemporary brands, mm. but they also do handbags. So yeah, in, like, Czech, their
0: handbags are really successful.
1: Yeah, the they're, like, thing. four fifty euros 3.50, oh, yeah.
0: 4.50. So, like, Jacquemus and... No? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. And then, also, I would say, Caring, not as a brand, obviously, but as a group. They've been very lucky recently.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, first with Gucci, then Balenciaga, and now Bottega. they've been really good at making their brands be like relevant of this season that like everything else is created around kind
0: of yeah they're like setting the tone kind of
1: yeah so I think they've been really smart about how they've been doing that
0: but it's true that it looks like they're being lucky when you think about how you just said it I just realized it was like one after the other
1: yeah yeah for like the past I mean since we were in school Yeah, six years ago, it's been like their brand,
0: their brand, their (laughs) brand. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I would really like you to share. I'm gonna move a bit from uh fashion and your brand and what you're doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. but I wanted you to share like your knowledge and your experience about the Middle East as you're from there, and because I personally heard you talk about it like a lot. We used to like tell me things, like share, share stuff. Um, so if you can share with our listeners, and if you can tell us like what's going on there, is there a sort of like common culture in the area, like how, how does it work over there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess in the Middle East, the most common culture would be religion, because all the countries I think are still non-secular. Mm-hmm. So, despite like Christianity and maybe like a few other religions being present, the main religion still is Islam. So, our culture really does like revolve around that still. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I, the region is like not, I wouldn't say a mess, but there's a lot of change going on. I mean, from Lebanon and its protests to Saudi, like trying to be a new touristic hub there's just like a lot going on Mm -hmm. and then you still have a lot of countries that are trying to recover from like previous political unrest so there's a lot of ups and downs Mm -hmm. but there's also hope because as a region in general we've been through a lot
0: yeah
1: and it's interesting being in Jordan because it's very politically neutral yeah so when there's something going on in one of the neighboring countries we really do feel it even though it's not us but we see like more people coming into the country or like when things are going good people start like filtering out so yeah it's it's interesting
0: and do you like do you kind of feel like you're in it or you're more, like, external, let's say, to all the things that happen there? And, like, are you involved, let's say? I don't know how to.
1: Maybe it's, like, hard for me to answer this because, I'm. I mean, I do spend a lot of time there, but I go in and out a lot.
0: Yeah. Like, but you have but... some of your friends, like, I'm thinking, for example, like, Sarah, one of your friends that I know, like, she's maybe more into, like, I don't know, being involved and engaging with whatever things are happening there
1: yeah i mean for me i can't say that there's something i feel very strongly about yeah but this is because i i went to an international school so i don't feel i it's like it's sad to say but i know more about like western culture than i do my own
0: Mm -hmm. but it's funny because at the end you're still i think I share the same feelings and you with different place, but at the end you're a bit in between the two and, like, you act a certain way, but then you still kind of care, I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, it's really confusing, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's
0: fine. And so, like, would you say, like, where is the cultural hub there, like, regarding, like, let's say the creative industries and, like, is there an established ecosystem, like, which I can compare to like London, where I think there is a strong ecosystem of like the creative industries. Let's say, um, who are the main players? Is it developing like what's what's the landscape about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, I think people saw Lebanon as like the center for that. Oh yeah, like music, television, fashion, like haute couture. You know, like the dresses. Mm-hmm. Um. Egypt also is really good for music and film yeah um but also like I was surprised to see this through my research also modeling and casting agencies in Egypt yeah oh wow! yeah there's um a new one coming up it's called unmodels Mm -hmm. it's like an independent agency and you you see like young people trying to make a difference there which is really cool yeah but then also the gulf obviously because that's where a lot of the wealth is you have a lot of like museums and cultural centers opening there Mm -hmm. um so it's i think very different all over but i think it's fair to say dubai yeah
0: that's what i was gonna ask yeah
1: a main main hub Because, I don't know if you know this, but farfetch they opened their offices there. Okay. And I think that gave so many um, locals an opportunity to get into the creative industry Mm -hmm. because they've been doing so many events from, like, parties, launches. So, like, oh, we need a local DJ. Blah, blah, blah. This is a local DJ. Oh, we need to do a shoot in Dubai. Like... But a lot do of you,
0: sorry do you feel now that you're saying this I'm thinking about this do you feel like Dubai at the end is maybe less authentic if we compare it to Egypt what you just mentioned before just because at the end it's kind of the same old story of like western massive companies going there and kind of westernizing the place in a way doing the same thing that it would be doing in I don't know New York or whatever it is
1: um maybe as a place but those based in dubai i think are still very local and still very authentic
0: yeah not the people but like the companies moving money
1: there should be more room to grow yeah but i think at least their presence will educate more people and maybe also yeah this will lead to more, like, local businesses. And
0: development of the other. And do you think there is a possibility for other countries in the Middle East, like, for example, Jordan or Lebanon, also Egypt, that have, I don't know, in brackets, like, less money, like, because the Gulf obviously has a lot of money, um, that can also develop and become also more, uh, like develop companies have businesses and kind of do their own thing or do you think it's all gonna go to like the gulf with dubai and all these like massive cities they're building and all this stuff
1: i mean i really do hope that it can happen but with the way things are are right now it just doesn't seem possible and i from experience i tried so basically i registered my company in the uk but when I went back to Jordan I also wanted to see if that would be an option there. Yeah. Because I didn't want to rule it out completely without trying.
0: Of course.
1: And so I like I met with a lawyer, I met with like a few like consultants and it was a very frustrating process. It's very time consuming. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. So they don't support small businesses in the nature that they do here
0: yeah I mean I think you're really in the right place also yeah. within Europe <laughs> I think it's the best place to do that um, yeah so it, no I
1: think it it will take still like I don't know five ten years
0: yeah but I mean I guess as long as there is hope and like people trying to do things but, but there
1: is a will there's yeah. definitely a will which is nice
0: but obviously, wherever the money is, things happen. Like, I mean, that's just... The way
1: life works.
0: Yeah, everywhere it happens like that, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm going <laughs> to change the subject again. But this is something a bit more... Not personal, maybe personal to our relationship, if I can say it like this. Our friendship, our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've known you for six years now. And one thing that comes to mind when I think about you is, like, our endless conversations. And we used to talk a lot about, like, being girls or women, however you want to call it. I guess now we're woman, And, like, all the dilemmas that come with it, all the questions like we had. And we used to, like, get into, like, this long conversation, be like, oh, what do you think about this and this and that? So how do you perceive yourself, let's say, as an entrepreneur, like, woman, woman entrepreneur, mm-hmm a uh, young woman entrepreneur. <laughs> and how do you see, like, our role in, in society evolve, like, in the coming years, maybe when we'll get to, like, our 30s, this this kind of future?
1: Um, it's really interesting because, like, like you said, we used to talk about this a lot, and we still do. And especially for me, because I came from the Middle East, to Europe to study mm-hmm. and so I really saw like after like making European friends like the different meanings of like what a woman is and what being a woman is yeah um there's a lot of contradictions obviously like, it's a bit confusing um but I'm gonna go back to like when I started my business or whatever mm-hmm so I had to go to like banks I had appointments like to open bank accounts I had meetings in Jordan blah 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 and I was always talking to like a man in a suit and they were always really like condescending Mm
0: -hmm.
1: kind of and I always used to go to these meetings alone so they were like oh who's this like young girl like oh she thinks she's going to like start a business and It's like oh because she's like maybe a bit pretty or like cute so we're going to humor her but like do we really believe in her like mm, you know so i always used to leave those meetings like a bit annoyed Mm -hmm. because it's like why don't people just like take me seriously but then i have like the other side of the spectrum where A family friend is she's the founder of a skincare brand here in the uk Mm -hmm. um it's called emulsion cosmetics Mm -hmm. and she's obviously much older than me but i treat her as my mentor but she kind of treats me as her equal yeah and so it's really funny to like have those two different experiences where some people like can make you feel like an aunt and then Some people will sit down and talk to you, like, with respect, like, talk to you as if they're talking to their husband or whatever.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's a bit because it's a woman-to-woman relationship? Maybe. I mean, I
1: would hate to think that, but it's, like, it could be the reason.
0: I mean, maybe also, like, as an older woman, you see, like, a young girl and, like, trying to do something and you kind of, like, it's as if it was you as well. I mean, if, yeah. if you're a good person,
1: normally... Yeah, like, you have yeah. compassion.
0: Exactly. And you also want to, like, uplift people, I guess. I don't know if you can yeah. help and stuff. Okay, yeah.
1: That's what I would like to see more
0: of. <laughs> yeah. And do you think for... it? Because I, I asked you, like, it was, like, two kind of questions at the same time. But, um, like, our role... Um, you don't have to say, like, as all of the women like the whole gender but like for example me and you I think we're quite similar on this aspect of like um we share a lot of same opinions and stuff about our position as girls and stuff so like how would you like or you think like our role would be like in the in the coming years in work also maybe more in like personal life I don't know yeah just being
1: a woman Um, I saw a meme the other day about girls, like, girls in relationships and how the girl is always, like, juggling her job, like, yoga, whatever, like, three million hobbies Mm. while their boyfriends don't do shit. And it really made me laugh because I see it, like, in myself in the sense that, like, I'm trying to do, like, a lot of things. I'm trying to multitask. Mm. I know you do it. Yeah. And a lot of the girls in my life are like this. So I definitely do see them, like, taking on more leadership roles.
0: Yeah, that's what I was... Just when I was like, oh, she's going to say that. <laughs> but exactly. Is it going to be rewarding at some point? Because not not to say men or trash or whatever, not at all. But, like, <laughs> we do a lot of things. And I think we take things so seriously. So. so it's like... Am I going to end up winning? I mean, if not even it's not a game or competition, but like, is it going to come back in like a rewarding way and things will go fine? Or it's like, I'm kind of doing this because it's the norm at the end. If you start like observing like women in your family and like your aunts, your grandmas, it's not a new thing. It's not like the girls born in like 90s and 2000. No, like forever. I think women were like that. Like doing a lot of things and how you said like juggling da, 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 and being responsible so it's like in the but i think past.
1: there's more opportunity to do things with those things that you juggle now yeah yeah and there's more education that comes with it like we're really lucky
0: i think it's also a matter of us like sticking to the plan and not letting uh other people you know kind of because i feel like women sometimes were even like me and you will be talking we'll be like yeah 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 fuck this fuck that yeah, we're gonna... and then maybe in a situation we'll be like oh no but he's better than me actually like he you know we are less yeah i don't know if it's confidence because i don't think we're not confident but yeah that that is a, a fact i think so yeah okay nice <laughs> i liked your your answer uh, we are getting to the end of the episode, but before finishing, mm-hmm. I would like to do a quick fire questions. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, first question: Essential
1: books. Okay, I answer immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it doesn't have to be super fast. <laughs>
1: um, the Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Uh
2: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: To Kill a Mockingbird is that harper d i think Mm -hmm. and catcher in the rye i think yeah
0: okay and important people in the world
1: um for me my parents (laughs) yeah (laughs) um the kardashians whether we like to admit it or not (laughs) they're powerful yeah um trump as well
0: yeah
1: (laughs) i'm trying to think of other people but Sadly, like
0: <laughs> someone you really like, like you think is important, maybe inspired you. I don't know.
1: Oh. No one, I'm so bad at these things.
0: <laughs> I mean, you already said three, yeah.
1: Okay,
0: okay. Uh, best media outlets,
1: El Media, <laughs> um, <laughs> but also I discovered this like. During university, it's called The Outline. Yeah, you
0: shared that with me, I remember.
1: I'm not I using think it's it you cool.
0: should go, yeah. Uh, a newspaper, like one of the traditional ones, do you check any?
1: No, honestly, and someone should force me.
0: <laughs> I mean, it depends, actually. <laughs> uh, favorite Netflix, like show or movie? I don't know.
1: Yeah, so there's um Louis Thoreau. Yeah. He does like docu-series nice. around America it's really crazy yeah. um, The Crown of course
0: yeah The Crown is the best
1: and we just finished watching Tiger King in our quarantine so <laughs> it was really interesting
0: cool Um, most important movie?
1: Apocalypse Now
0: nice yeah I forgot about that movie did i watch it no i watched it in high school because we used to no, watch we watched it. We watched it again together, so. uh, Yep. <laughs> the scene with the helicopters at the beginning it's crazy <laughs> that movie um three arabic artists
1: mm-hmm. um this guy his name is basil al-hadi but i think he goes by karu hat mm-hmm. um what is he a singer-, singer DJ. Okay. There's um like a music group that started very recently. It's called Platinum. Mm-hmm. I think they're super cool. What they're trying to do is like really nice. And of course, a classic, Amr Diab. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, three English speaking artists.
1: Tyler the Creator. Mm hmm. Um Dev Hines
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Sade.
0: Cool. And three favorite Instagram accounts.
1: Not engaged, it's really funny. Okay. Old people doing things. <laughs> and non human nonsense.
0: Cool. Thank you. So this episode is now finished, uh, but thank you so much for participating. I hope thank everything you. you shared was will be useful to our listeners, I and hope so too. <laughs> it was nice having you on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.